Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. We all have an idea of what clutter is. It's just all that stuff. It's that frustrating feeling that when you can't find something just because there are too many other things to look through. Clutter is disorder. While we typically see clutter as a physical thing, the junk on the desk, the pile in the corner of the room, the stuff spread out all over the counters, we can also experience its digital counterpart because we also amass so much stuff digitally. Today, we're going to start our journey of working on decluttering our digital lives. In this episode, I'm going to be focusing on email and the files on our computers. Next week, we'll be continuing this series with an episode on all those tabs we have open in our browsers. I was also looking at doing an episode on our phones, but for now, I'm just going to direct you to episodes 17 and 18, How to Make Your Smartphone ADHD-Friendly. Although, I'm definitely going to have to update those at some point. If you'd like to follow along with the show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com slash digital declutter. All right, keep on listening to find out how you can tidy up your digital devices. Let's start off with the basics. What is digital clutter? Well, similar to the real world, we build up stuff that we don't need or is just too disorganized for us to use. And there are some real problems that are associated with having too much digital clutter. I mean, if we're thinking about this comparison to the real world, let's just imagine that default downloads folder on our computer. That's basically the equivalent of a junk drawer, except this junk drawer can theoretically hold an infinite amount of stuff. And often it isn't just that downloads folder that's overflowing. When we're not careful, we let our digital clutter spill out all over our digital devices. We have thousands of unread emails, hundreds of unused apps, and so many tabs that we can't even count that high. Well, maybe not that many, but still a lot of tabs. So many tabs that I'm not even going to address them in this episode. That's next week. The point is, we let our digital devices become a mess. And clutter isn't harmless. Sure, we might think that it just makes things harder to find, but it can also impact us in a lot of other ways. Visual clutter can increase our stress and anxiety and create more distractions, and that's something we certainly don't need. Clutter can also contribute to overwhelm and depression especially when it feels like it's something that we should have dealt with already. And I know clutter has also led me to things like anger and frustration because I just can't find the thing I need to find. And this isn't hyperbole. There is science behind how clutter affects our brains. Okay, well, perhaps it's a bit of an extreme here. Our clutter won't kill us, especially our digital clutter, but it's still not good for us. Now, here's the other thing with digital clutter. It doesn't take up real space. This often means that our mess is effectively contained. I mean, who cares if the drunk drawer is bursting at the seams as long as it's out of sight? Well, it is a big issue if we can't ever find anything. I mean, fortunately, we do have things like search features on our computers that can make finding those long-lost files a lot easier. Except when we realize that we need to print out that file and... Was it called homework.doc or did I name it something else? Using our computer search feature is absolutely an essential thing to do to help us find files. But it isn't going to help us if we didn't create a system to help organize what we were doing first. 
And our digital declutter is also a way for us to overload ourselves with open loops. Open loops are basically unfinished tasks that still need you to do something to mark them as done. These can be projects, phone calls you need to make, articles you want to read, anything that you know you have to or want to do, big or small, but haven't finished yet. And we tend to create a lot of open loops digitally. All the emails we have to respond to, all those videos on our watch later list, all the tabs we're going to check back on, those are all open loops. And open loops are a problem. Open loops keep us from switching off and letting ourselves relax. This is especially true with ADHD, where we know that if we're not keeping something top of mind, we'll probably forget it. Often to help combat this, we create these band-aid reminders to help us get back to things we forgot. We leave messages in our inbox because we know we need to do something. We leave countless tabs open because there's an article we want to read or a video we want to watch. We leave oodles of documents on our desktop so that they're easy for us to find. Of course, this isn't a good way to manage our tasks, and these aren't good reminders. They're equivalent of a sticky note that we find on our desk that says, Do this. Is this an old sticky? Did we already do this? What exactly did I want myself to do here? And instead of just one sticky note there, there are dozens that we leave open for ourselves. So as we begin our digital declutter, one of our important tasks is realizing we need to start closing these open loops. All right, let's get started with some email. Okay, first off, we only want to process our email twice a day. And let's get away from check our email here. We want to be intentional about our email, and this means we aren't just taking a look. When we log in, we're going in with the mindset that we're doing something about it. We're processing it. We're not leaving it in our inbox as a reminder to do our task. We're going to actually do something about it. We're going to start off by lowering the number of times that we process our email. And so this means we don't want to process our email until we've accomplished our most important task of the day. This lets us focus on what we want to do first. And we don't want to keep our email open all day. This is, again, just treating our email like a task manager. And this is multitasking. And multitasking is a myth. We're letting ourselves get distracted at a moment's notice. While thinking through this, this is reminding me of when I was trying to work with my kids at home. And they might drop in on me at any time and interrupt me. Just the potential of getting distracted was incredibly distracting because I knew I couldn't let myself get into full focus because the kids might come in. And the same thing happens when we leave our email open. We don't let ourselves get fully focused because, well, something might come in. It just definitely adds to that mental load and keeps us from being fully engaged in what we're doing. And so we can also add this, that we don't want to have notifications when new emails come in. We don't need to let our email tell us when it's time to do something new. So be sure to turn off those notifications and work on that more strict process of only processing your email at very specific times during the day. A good strategy here would be, okay, once right after you've accomplished your most important task of the day, and then again at the end of the day so you can answer anything that came in and plan out what you need to do the next day. Okay, and now let's get into this process of processing our emails. Our first step is going to be changing how we look at our inboxes. We need to stop viewing them as impromptu task managers. This is not what our inbox is for, and it does a very poor job of actually being a task manager. To add on to that, when we're treating our inboxes like task managers, it means that we're putting everyone else's priorities over our own. Because that's what email is. It's a list of everyone else's priorities. Email is just a tool, and we need to treat it that way. It doesn't run our life. 
We can stop using email as a task manager with a few steps. First, when you see an email that you have to take action on, unless you can do that action right away, i.e. replying yes to an email, then you should be adding that email to your actual task manager, be that your calendar or your to-do list. We just don't want to leave that task as an open loop in our email. And as a caveat to this, be sure that those short emails that you're going to process right away, that even if it's short, make sure it's not going to take you off the rails. Don't let something that's supposed to be quick and easy derail you. Again, if it's simply responding, then respond. But if you have to look something up, then maybe take a note and come back to it. Right, and then the next part of our processing our email is clearing out all that junk. So one question is archive or delete? Well, the simple rule we can go with here is if you ever might need to look at an email again, just go ahead and archive it. Otherwise, hit delete. No, I'm never going to need to see that email notification from Amazon that my package arrived. And I can delete all those newsletters that I'm not ever really going to read again. And part of this clearing out of the junk means lowering the number of things that are coming in. There are a lot of emails that we can unsubscribe from. And I've talked about this a few times on the podcast before, but it's something to always look into because somehow I keep getting signed up for more and more newsletters and I don't read them. I just don't have the bandwidth to look at everything that comes into my inbox. So this is something that I'm always working on is continuously going through and unsubscribing from those things that I'm not reading. And really, the ultimate aim here is that it makes it so that our inbox isn't a source of stress. It's about reclaiming our attention here. It's not about how many messages are in our inbox. It's about how much of our brain is in our inbox, especially when we don't want it to be there. We want to be sure that we're not leaving those open loops in our inbox and let our brain focus on other things. We want to flip the script and be in charge of our email instead of email being in charge of us. All right, next up, we're going to take a look at the files on our computer. So regardless if you have a Mac or PC or run some Linux system, there are a lot of things that can help you navigate what you've got going on in your computer. The best way we can get this started is by setting up some rules on how we save files. Now, this can feel like a pain when we've got a huge mess, but let's not worry about the mess right now. We can leave that where it is and focus on how we're going to do things going forward. The mess isn't going to go anywhere, so we can worry about that at a future date. I'll start off with that we want to keep every file within a folder that represents it well. We don't want things saved on our desktop or in random folders like downloads or documents. And so to create these folders that represent things well, we want to structure that makes it easy to find any file or folder quickly. And we can do this with something called a file tree. Basically, we have a root folder that contains other folders that branch out to various areas, hence the file tree. And the root is where we start, and then we nest folders within other folders. And here we just want to make it easy to find things that are related to what you are interested in. That means you don't want to dump all your pictures into a big folder called pictures, because that's going to be just too much to look through everything. So you can start sorting by interest, or you can sort by media and then interest. I'm kind of inclined just to go with sorting by interest first, because when I'm looking for stuff of a particular kind, I can then see everything I have of it rather than looking in each type of media to see what I have. But this really depends on what you need from your files. And your file system should be logical, but it also needs to be expandable. One thing that is always going to be true with ADHD is that we're going to be finding more and more new interests. And when we do, we're going to find ourselves with files for those interests. 
We want our file system to be flexible enough that it can expand when that happens without having to completely rearrange our entire file hierarchy. And so we can think about organizing by category, and these things could be like media, personal, learning. And then further up in the file tree, there could be things like music, games, and finances, or work. For example, I have a folder just for all my hacking your ADHD stuff. Within that folder, I have subfolders for things like episodes, Patreon content, and then also stuff for my logos. Having all that stuff in one place makes it much easier for me to find. And sometimes we're going to want to sort by date for things that wouldn't sort well by category. Just imagine something like taxes. It would make more sense to sort that by each tax year instead of something like having all your W-2s in one folder and all your 1099s in another folder, regardless of what date it is. And this can work well for something like photos. And then inside each year, you could break things down a little bit further by whatever categories you want. The most important thing here is that your file system represents the way your brain organizes files. Remember, the point here is that we want to be able to quickly save and retrieve files. If, say, you're looking for a recipe that you saved, where is the logical place that you would look for it? If you're saving it in some place else because that's more logical, but not where you'd look, then that system isn't going to be serving you. And when we're naming our files, we want to be specific, but not too specific here. We should be able to know what it means in the context of its location. So it should be more than homework.doc, but it also doesn't need to include everything that we would see in its file tree. So maybe name the homework file, but if we see it in our Biology 101 folder, then we know it's biology homework. And part of this is that we need to be vigilant about using our file tree. The more you find yourself just saving stuff willy-nilly, the more you're going to find your system breaking down. If you're frequently finding that you don't know where to put a certain kind of content, then take a breath and make a place for it. I know it feels a bit silly making a folder for something like memes or pretty landscapes, but that's okay. When I find myself downloading that kind of stuff, it's good to actually have a place to put it instead of just dropping it in a big catch-all folder. And more than just that, we also want to be mindful of what we're downloading. Yeah, we could get that free ebook from that random blogger, but am I ever going to read it? Is it even worth reading? Don't just download files because they're available. It's incredibly easy to become a digital hoarder because once you run out of space, you could just buy another hard drive. But we've also got to accept that we're not going to do everything. At this point, I try to avoid downloading something unless I have a specific purpose that I know I'm going to use it for. And I try to be pretty strict about that because there's just so much stuff I could download. But as I gather more and more stuff that I'm truthfully never going to look at, it just makes it harder and harder to keep my files organized. And finally, as a last note, back up your files. I use Google's CloudSync, but really the service you use isn't that important. What's important is that you have a system so that if your computer crashes or is stolen or whatever happens, that you have a backup of those files. And I know data management isn't that interesting, but if we put in the work now and get our data organized, it's going to save us so much frustration down the line. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go, though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, digital clutter is just all that stuff that builds up on our devices. It can have a real effect on our mental health and is something we should especially be aware of with ADHD because it can create a lot of distractions and easily get us off track. Two, 
To help manage our email, we want to work on processing our emails only a few times a day and then making sure that when we do, that we're not treating our email like a task manager. Don't leave things in your email to do later. Either put them in a real task manager or deal with them right then. 3. Work on creating actual organization for your files. By keeping your files in places that are logical for your brain to find them, you make accessing your files easier when you actually need them. 4. Back up your files. Seriously, you don't want to lose something you've been working on because your computer crashed. There are a ton of services that make this process easier than ever now. So go out and find one. Trust me, losing something you've worked on is just a terrible feeling. If you'd like to see the show notes for this page, you can go to hackingyouradhd.com slash digital declutter. That's it. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. You can reach me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Hacking Your ADHD, or you can leave me a question over at hackingyouradhd.com slash contact. And if you want, I can even try and answer that question on the air. If you'd like to support the podcast, the best thing you can do is tell a friend an episode you think they'd like. You could also leave me a rating or review on your podcast player, or you can support me directly by supporting my Patreon and getting some cool perks. Just go to hackingyouradhd.com slash Patreon. That's hackingyouradhd.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N. The ADHD Rewired Podcast Network also has some other great shows you might want to check out. ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers features in-depth interviews with fellow ADHDers and ADHD experts. And ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan also has great interviews, but has more of a family focus. So if you're a parent with ADHD or have a kid with ADHD, definitely check that one out. And as I mentioned at the start of the show, I do a live Q&A with Eric and Brendan every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific. If you'd like to register for the next one, just go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. And now for your moment of dad. My grandfather always said, fight fire with fire. He was a great man, but really, he was a terrible firefighter. <laughs> <laughs>